With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program. We are your host, Matthew and Aaron Miller. Uh, today we're going to be covering uh, more extreme questions that came in. So let's just get right to it, Aaron. Uh, let's first off, the first question that came in was, let's talk about the original sin and how that pertains, how that applies and, and, and let's just predicate it with this. You know, the whole reason why this, this question is coming in is basically um, there's always this question about this limbo of the innocence. Mm -hmm. What happens to a child? Yeah, and, and this this appears in Catholic theology. Um, and and the, the, in Catholic theology, um, there, hell has different places in it. And these different places are called limbos. Um, the the patriarchs were in a limbo before. They, they call that the patriarchs, the, the, the limbo of the patriarchs, and that was one that Jesus visited, they say. And so, um, and then this isn't like um, set in stone in Catholic doctrine, but some Catholic fathers said, believed in this idea of the um, limbo of the innocence, the least, um, the least uh, terrible place in hell. It's not as terrible as all the others, but it, it's if a child dies before it's baptized, then it goes to that place, and um, and basically. The, the I guess the idea in Catholic doctrine is that when you um, are baptized, you literally become dead to the original sin, in a sense. And um, the where Christian, where uh, Protestants deviate from the, that doctrine um, is that they, uh, where the Protestants and Catholics deviate is that the, that the Catholics believe that all are guilty of the sin of Adam. So all of us would be judged for the sin that Adam, that Adam did. Um, but the, the Protestant interpretation is that we are, also, we're, we are not guilty, but we suffer the consequences of it. So we have sin in our flesh. We have, you know, we are subject to death and stuff like that. All the above. And that is to say, not hell. Let's, let, let's be technical. 
Hades, mm-hmm. the the Hebrew Sheol. Mm-hmm. Okay, the point being this: there are three basic existences. There is heaven, which is higher up Jacob's ladder than us. There is the physical creation, and then there is what lies below. Yeah, if if you wanna. There's Hades and Sheol. The the best word to reconcile both of them would just to say the underworld, the which, land of the dead. Which that is the word Hades. Yeah, that is. And like if you, this is kind of where I'm like, if if you were to try to take a, you know, use the Greek New Testament and the Hebrew Old Testament, um, you realize that the Septuagint translates the word Sheol into Hades. So. And and my general rule for that is if the Greek translates a Hebrew word instead of transliterates it, that means you need to translate it into your language. So if I were to have this word appear in my in my in a Bible, I would say underworld, if anything, because that's the only way to really describe it. Even the word um uh, infernum the or the word infernal when you hear the word infernal, you're thinking of hell. That's right. A fiery furnace. Right. But the word in that in Latin actually means the underworld. The underworld. Right. <laughs> so you so really it it just means the land of the dead, um, which is generally understood as being beneath the earth. Which this is a good qualifier. Okay, you can't lump everybody together, quite simply because Christ did in fact crack time as well as creation. So he literally cracked space-time, right? So you have an event horizon for that. Well, you know, that being the case, you can further compartmentalize this and, well, where did the patriarchs go before Christ? I mean, did they go to hell? I mean, speaking as in normal westernized English, that's what they all say. Well, well, they were in hell, right? Yeah, and that's and that's the problem. Even Jacob himself said he was going to Sheol. He said he would, you know, um, when Joseph died, he said he said I will go with my gray hairs down into Sheol. So, so if you were to say hell, then oh my goodness, you then be fighting words there. Yeah, and then and then (laughs) and then, but but the as I'm saying, the Catholics reconcile this by using the word limbos, um, which has no. Which has no basis in the Bible. Yeah, I mean, the word limbo is clearly not a Hebrew or Greek word, but um, but it's basically what we're talking about anyway. So this is the qualifying question, you know these these children do they go to heaven or do they go to Hades? Just a different compartment. Does the Bible bear testament that there is another special compartment? In Hades, uh, for uh, for children before the age of accountability. Well, before we go there, let's establish this. What makes you qualified to go to paradise? <laughs> well, I would immediately say be a Christian. I mean, you can't get away from that. You have to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ in as much as even the thief was that was right beside him. So when you say that, uh, an infant, when it dies, of course it never knew who Jesus was. Then it wouldn't be able to go to paradise. 
herein lies the problem. It's like all Christians, all believing people get to go to paradise in as much as you accept him as your savior, correct? Yes, but and but the thing about this is they are innocent. And when you um the we as Protestants say we uh, they suffer the consequences of this, but I mean, you know, I've had friends who uh I, I had a friend who um had a miscarriage and she, you know, and it, she it, it hit her pretty hard and I and I told her, I mean, that's the greatest mercy God could ever give anyone. You know, have a child, you know, die before it ever had to suffer anything in yeah. this world. Yeah, they literally get the pass go, you know, get out of jail free card. Yeah, so my interpretation is perhaps they don't even go to paradise. What if they go straight up to the throne room? Do they, do they go up there just like the 144,000? No, I – that's not today. But but in the same sense, wouldn't they? Would they? No. No, that's plainly not what God says. That place in heaven is specifically reserved for martyrs. No, these two, well, I mean, and we don't want to bark up that tree, but I guess abortions, I mean, would we consider abortions martyrs? Anyway, that's a whole nother issue. I mean, it's, I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing. Do they... How how can you know what the status of an innocent is? And that means when you hit the account age of accountability, that's when you choose good and evil. And that's when sin really counts. Oh, so now counts now now there's a time where sin don't count. Yes, because the child doesn't really have the full understanding of what they're doing in direct rebellion of what something. It's good. That's why it's, we refer to the age of accountability. So, um, a, a child when they sin is quite similar to the way um, an animal might. You know, like like how Kit, um, he might our our dog Kit might try to steal food off the table whenever he sees food. He just doesn't you know think about it all the way. I mean, of course, Kit probably wouldn't go to hell for you know stealing off the Let's table. Let's not bark up that tree because he doesn't know better. But it's, and, it, and I think it's quite the same with a child who um, who is under the age of accountability. When you hit the age of accountability or the bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, that's when you achieve the knowledge of good and evil. You make a conscious decision, as you stated a few minutes. Yeah, a conscious rebellion. So, yeah, and so and that's and that's the thing about an innocent and. A, and an innocent, you know, how do you know what that's like to be in the presence? I mean, I, I don't know. When, whenever a spirit is created, because think about that. Are spirits specially created by God or indirectly? What, what do you mean by indirectly? Of course they're created by him. Are, okay, are, when I say indirectly, um, you and I are indirectly created by him. I mean, Adam was cr directly created by him with his own hands. No, well, but we... Uh, now, no, no, wait a minute. The scripture bears testament. The Psalms plainly says we are knit together in our mother's womb. But so, no, 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 no. No. So you're saying we're all special creations. 
yeah, we are all knitted together in our mother's womb by God's hand. So when yes. a spirit is created, um, <laughs> and, uh, let's just say, is it created inside the body or is it placed we, into the body? I mean, and, and I, like, I, do we have a moment, you know, in the heavenly realms with God before we, you know, become yeah, when, a child? Uh, How can we know? But No way to know. I mean, there's just no way to know. And we're not officially alive, of course, till that magical moment when he breathes the breath of life in you and you take your first breath. And the question is, does every infant know there's a God? Boy, this is a bigger can of worms than I was expecting to open. Look, let's, let's, let's predicate this. We do understand that there most certainly is a group coming in the future. A group of, uh, well... We know that the Old Testament Hebrew illicitly calls them Moshayim. That there's there's no way around it. You have Nehemiah and uh, Obadiah that calls these Moshayim. So there's no debating that there is a group uh, of these 144,000 children. God illicitly describes it in the Apocalypse of Isaiah, uh, Isaiah chapter 26. He comes right out and tells you, um, let's, uh, let's do this. Um, let's do this KJV this time. Uh, starting in verse 16, which is probably a verse, maybe too far, but anyway. Uh, Lord, in trouble, they have visited thee. They poured out a prayer when, they, when thy chastening was upon them. Like a woman with child that draweth near to the time of her delivery, is in pain and crieth out in her pangs. So we have been in thy sight, O Lord. Verse 18, he comes right out and tells you what he does. We have been with child. We have been in pain. We have, as it were, brought forth wind. We have not wrought any deliverance in the earth. Neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Now, this is the first group in the book of Revelation, uh, and the second group, there's two separate groups. This is the Moshiim from Revelation chapter 14. Now you understand why they have a pure tongue, why they've never been defied by, uh, defiled by women, yada, yada, yada. He literally just told you, and take note that the KJV here uh, in verse uh, 18 says, Inhabitants of the world have not fallen, that means to be born. It means, you know, when you get in the squatting posture back in the day, to have a child, you would squat and the baby would fall. That's what it, it meant. To fall would be to be born. Here it comes right out and tells you, of course, the next verse tells you of the other group of the 144,000 that get sealed by God and are beheaded. They become the Hamsharatim. They become the uh, the priests that rule and reign with Christ after they've been beheaded. Uh, verse 19, and thy dead men shall live together with my dead body. Shall they arise awake and sing ye that dwell in the dust for the dew is in the dew is the herbs and the earth shall cast out the dead. This is literally Primus Resurrection. This is Primus the first. Resurrects it. Right. That these are the ones. This is what the Revelation calls 
the first resurrection. Right, the first resurrection. Um, these are the martyrs. Uh, um, the ones who were sealed. Right, they're sealed by God, so they literally cannot take the mark of the beast. Revelation chapter 20 says they did not take the mark. Of course, they couldn't because they were sealed by God. But this is separate from this group of babies. Uh, uh, these certainly do go to heaven. They are found on Mount Zion, which is in heaven. Now let's go to the passage in Revelation that talks about them. Okay. Mm. And from this, we will know how the Bible's, the Bible's stance of a unborn child. Read it. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount of Sion, and with him an 144,000, having his father's name written in, in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder, and I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty-four thousand which were redeemed from earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, nor are they, <clears throat> for they are virgins. These are they which, go, which follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, and the firstfruits unto God, and to the Lamb. And in their mouth there was found no gilly, Guile. Or, or guile. <laughs> Gilly. I'm sorry. <laughs> for, for, they, for they are without fault before the throne of God. So so these unborn child are considered without fault. Yes, they're without fault. They're literally snatched from the womb. And when they when it says redeemed here, in, he, in he, Hebrew, it means to buy. They're bought. Yes, they're, they, they have been purchased. Yes. And so, um, when, when, when we usually think of redeem, we think we usually uh, think in English uh, as, as being raised Christian. We usually think redeemed means forgiven, mm. but no, it actually it actually really means more in the sense of whenever you hear of like redemption in you know economic senses. Right. We are bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Right. So through so these children. Um, when they're redeemed, it doesn't mean they're forgiven because there was no fault in them. And because they were without fault, this tells us that an innocent is not guilty of anything. Well, here you have it too, going back to Isaiah chapter 26, verse 18. Take note of what is used here. What is used for deliverance? Yeshua. That's right. Savior. So remember that the book of Obadiah and Nehemiah both call this group Moshaim that ascend Mount Zion. So realizing that, well, that's what Revelation just said. This group stays with Jesus that that duration of one thousand two hundred sixty days. He literally teaches them how to speak. He teaches them. You understand? Him and God the Father literally teach them everything they're going to know. So incorporated into the Hebrew right here. He literally comes right out and is telling you the detail. This being a completely side issue, it's these two groups, the 144,000s, that comprise the rod of iron. So this, so this just hit me. Jesus refers to two realms of the dead, paradise and Abraham's bosom. That's right. 
what if they're two different places? Because Abraham was Abraham's bosom existed before Jesus. Before Jesus. So if paradise is the place where people who were purchased, who who were uh, who believed in Jesus Christ, go. Then formerly they were in Abraham's bosom. I was working on my own translation of the Bible and. I found something uh, rather intriguing that helped me realize what Abraham's bosom was. Abraham, okay, so Sarah gave to Abraham her handmaid, uh, Hagar. Right. Because she believed that Isaac was going to be born by her instead because Sarah was barren. Right. So here's the passage in Genesis 16, verse 5. And Sarah said to Abram, May the wrong done me be upon you. I have given my maid into your arms. And then she saw that she was conceived. I was despised in your sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. So here we're told about what the bosom of Abraham is. It's the same word, uh, into your arms. Um, as In the Greek, it's the same word as right. Abraham's bosom. Right, so uh, switching over to a different translation here. You see it here in the web translation. It says bosom. So, why would it say this? This, this is in reference to children, and we are told about Abraham's bosom. And it seems to me, this is it might have to do with just grace altogether. Well, here we see that Sarah is just coming right out of the way and just blaming her husband for everything, even though it was Sarah's idea the whole time. Even though it was Sarah's idea the whole time. You know, we're, we're back to the garden. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, uh, yeah. yeah. You say, Abraham, Abraham, Abraham's just looking at her like, this really? is your idea. <laughs> well, this is your idea. So, at any rate, we, you know, that this is a pretty good question. These, these children that die, is there a limbo that they go to? Now, is it, is either they would go to paradise, they would be purchased by Jesus's blood, just like these Moshim, where they, were uh, all those souls already purchased because when Jesus died on the cross, he died for all sins. So in a sense, they were already purchased. You could interpret that. So they all go straight to paradise. Or do they go to Abraham's bosom, separate place? If Abraham's bosom is a separate place. If it's a separate place, um, those would be, of course, Abraham, you know, literally was not a Christian because Jesus hadn't died on the oh cross Oh my yet, goodness. But... but um, so if it's a separate place, they would go there, but I, I disagree with the idea that they go to any place of torment of any, of any form because they are what the Bible says without fault. Well, let's take a look at this. Where, where is this idea coming from anyway? Um, going to Romans, uh, chapter 15 of the new American standard Bible. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned. Point blank. Point blank. Point blank. Okay. Over those who had not <laughs> sinned in the likeness of Adam. Who is the type of him who was to come? So, 
that's per well, that's a very complicated. Uh, well, that's 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 pretty complicated. Uh, let's let's say that again. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. Okay, Romans chapter 6, verse 4. This is mentioned in other places in the epistles. Um, Therefore, we have been buried with him through the baptism into death, so that Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so that we too walk in the newness of life. So, um, like I said, they were the the limbo of the innocents is interpreted as those who um, who have not been baptized. Okay, so um, the idea is so. So, really, the question is this: Are you required to be baptized as a Christian? And that's and that's a, we have the uh, Baptists, we have the Lutherans, Catholics, um, and even the Mormons all believe that you have to, you have to you have to be baptized in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's like the it's a requirement. Um, you know, so yes, Scripture seems to imply that you are symbolically becoming dead to your flesh when you get buried under the water. And so um, the, the word for baptism actually comes from when Elijah told Naaman to go baptize himself in the, in the river. Yeah. Naaman, who was, he was a leper and he said when he went, yeah. he would dip himself into the river and he, he came out he, clean. He'd come out clean. This is all an irrelevant point because baptism is a thought process, a conscious decision to become baptized. That's not what we're talking about. The big pr- and we are talking about a child that has not, I repeat, has not the opportunity to be baptized. And, and not only that, the, the biggest uh, um, point to... The, the biggest bullet hole you can put through that theory is the thief on the cross. Right. Uh, we don't know if he was baptized. How could he have been baptized? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, good grief! Here we go. I mean, but but he he literally believed in Jesus, and Jesus says you're going to paradise, one hundred percent guarantee. So, um, baptism is not a requirement; it is an ordinance of the church, which is, in a sense, to say you should, if you can. But just like just like the other ordinance, which is communion, if you don't consciously oh, if you don't consciously make the decision in your mind and put it in your head, you have in a sense sinned in in performing it and not actually consciously thought about it. So if if you baptize a child who can't consciously think it, about it, it's it's just worthless. It's just water under the bridge. Yeah, and then you, I mean, and you got a you got a problem like. With the people who live out in the desert, I mean, how are they going to go? Oh, my right. goodness. Here we go. <laughs> Look. First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 15 and verse 22. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. So this is the prime question we're, we're, we need to get out. Get at here. Do, does a child 
let, you know, let's just back up all the way to the beginning. Once a child is conceived, is it bearing the sin? Is it guilty of the sin? Throughout my life, for some reason, I, um, I understood sin as a physical thing, as well as spiritual, because I could feel it in my flesh. And, um, but I think it's, it's sin in a different sense. It is the sin nature, not uh, an actual committing, a, like a crime against God, sin. So, do they have sin? Yes, they have it in their flesh. They have it in their flesh, I mean, which makes them uh, subject to death. But they're not guilty. They have not committed a sin. So, in my... Throughout this discussion, I have come to the conclusion that they are either in heaven above or they're in paradise because they were bought by the blood of Jesus Christ when he was on the cross. Well, like I said, with that one friend of mine that had a miscarriage, so what I told her, I told her, it's the greatest mercy God could show anyone. Well, are you ready for a curveball? Yes or no? Yeah. Because you're going to get it. Both barrels in the chest, point blank range. That's how you were raised. I ain't, have I ever played with you? Not, not ever, right? With the Bible. That is the way it is. So, this is the biggest curveball that probably nobody was thinking of. Let's talk about another group that's just like everybody you've been running your mouth about. Well, they weren't old enough to be accountable for making a conscious rebellion against the Lord thy, you know, God, right? Let's flip the coin. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. So, now, this being said, Okay, we have to do this. This is in reference to the other huge group of people who are also, you would call, in limbo in the English language. Because we're talking about, okay, let's go to what's some pretty good ones. Let's talk about the Vikings. Okay? Let's talk about some Vikings who this scripture applies to, but they never heard the name of Jesus. Okay, where did they go? Yeah, people who, who didn't know what was right, but... No, they knew what was right. Look, we all have the Noahide laws in us. Mm -hmm. We know what's right and wrong. Yeah. All laws based off this. Well, that's not what I said. They didn't know of Jesus. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing. Like, we have random places around the world. China, randomly, right, right. where we... Where there's this, this this little group of monotheists who worship the one God, um, and 
it seems that you know you know when this when this evident thing comes to those people they I mean they may give him a different name but they worship him um, but but of Jesus Christ himself that's another question like um, I mean do you believe in Jesus I mean and that's a problem there I mean now I, wait I, a minute wait a minute Christ himself said what if you see me you see who the father okay so now now don't beat around my bush cuz I'll burn it down we don't play word games if you believe in the one god he is the one yeah and that's and that's and that's that, that's a point like if you worship the one god you are worshiping jesus you are you, you have exactly and um i think that the group i'm referring to in China is the this is actually called the Salvationists, and they, I mean, it, I'm even under the after, after reading some of the Zoroastrian stuff, I'm like, I feel like somewhere along down the line, they were actually worshiping the real God under a different name, and it just you know came to them some other way, and it's just, um, so really those people who who wow. did what they. Uh, what they knew was right in their heart, what God, I mean, God has put morals in all of us. Um, we, we know, of course, that we can never be enough. We, because, and that's the point of grace, is, you know, I can never be a good man, because no one's righteous, only he is. Right. And no one is righteous, and when we when we say that a Christian is right, whenever, whenever we say a Christian is righteous, it's because we're clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Right. And that's what God sees when he looks down at us. He's, which is... He does not see our sinful nature. Which is a, a separate issue, right? Yeah. The point being is, is there is a difference between that rebellion. Yes. And, and here I open, actually opened up um, Jude, uh, 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 chap, uh, well, the only chapter, verses... Uh, 14 to 15, and it says, and it's a quote from, uh, well, the book I translated. That, that's the book of Enoch. Yeah. The book of Enoch. And Enoch, in the seventh generation from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord come with many thousands of holy ones to execute judgment upon all and convict all the ungodly of all their ungodly deeds, which they have done in an ungodly way, and all the harsh things which the ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Now, I, the word ungodly is actually not a very good translation. Because it is a sibia in Greek. And it means impiety. Literally to be irreverent. Yeah. It, irreverent? What is that? Irreverent. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who... <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I only read it. I mean, English sucks. But it means to literally not to revere. Right. It means that's why I've trained you since you could speak. Rebellion, son. It's speaking of anything done in rebellion. That is yeah. irreverent. And when we say, and, that, and we've like talked about this before, about, um, about why we don't believe in the Calvinistic belief. Because if you are, if you say that if you... Um, say, confess to Jesus and are saved and whatever. Of, of course, I mean, all Christians still do sin, but there's a difference between 
a sin and, and an ungodly sin. Which is rebellion. Direct rebellion against God. If you are a so-called Christian and, and, are, and are in direct, irreverent rebellion against the Holy One, you are condemned. Now the Holy One, so what's his name again? Don't make me smack you, right? He is the one. And besides him, there is no other. And when you see Jesus, who do you see? You're seeing the Father through That's him. right. That's right. So this is this concept. And we just got into this today. Okay. We know who the one in. He is Ayin Ashur Ayin. I am that I am, right? Right? It's actually Aheya. Aheya Ashur Aheya. I am that which I am. Now, that being said, what did they do to step away from the biblical, well, what does the rabbinical Hebrew remove from the biblical text? It removes Asher. Asher. And, and, and makes it uh, 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 the prefix Shin instead. And I actually figured that out from my uh, friend James online. when He's helping me translate something from rabbinical Hebrew. And that, he says, well, that's the main difference, is that instead of Asher, which is basically who means who or which, and they just make it the letter um, uh, Shin or Sin and make it a prefix. So that's, that's the really what is damning. What damns you to hell is impiety. Impiety? Impiety! I said piety! I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's classic, man. You're right. There's like words that I've never heard like aloud before. Like, I ever tell Impiety? you about that, about that one time when I was in, so in, in science class and I said circumference? <laughs> I, I was homeschooled for most of my life. You know, I just saw it in a book and, you know, English sucks. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> You no. need to know your place. Uh, Amen. You it, need to know your place. Ever it's since crap. You know, well, it, huh, you know, you know, it, this is the truth. Ever since childhood, that my hatred towards English grows stronger and stronger. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So, Aaron, this was a really good question. And it really came down to the question of the original sin. Our children before they reached the age, the age of accountability. Retarded people. Mentally ill. Are they guilty of the original sin? No one is, no one is guilty of the sin of Adam. You're guilty do, of your own sin. Do they physically suffer the consequences of sin? Yes. All right. So herein lies the key to this question. We've totally covered this 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 gambit, correct? Yes, and and all of these people, they know God. There is one God. Romans plainly says that. Yeah. They do. Yes. So there's that, and also, what damns you to hell? Ungodly sin. Un can you? Okay. Can you say rebellion? Rebellion. Okay. So, let's get this straight. Um, just because you're afraid you're going to get fired, can you lie to your boss? No. No. You fear the Lord your God, not your boss, nor the consequences that you, in your fear, conceive he can do to you, like fire you. 
Who cares? Anyway, yada, 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 yada. Boy. Um, wow. So, my opinion, my conclusion is, is that they're bought. Those children were, those, just like the um, Mosheim, they're bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And therefore are either literally in up there in heaven or they're in paradise. And we would say that these 144,000, based on the text, they actually do not physically are under the, well, the original sin. It does not, they, they are not under that judgment, nor its consequences either one. They become something else to the point where revelation was very plain in the text. They're somehow, because they're not under uh, this judgment physically, they can actually sing a new song that nothing else under the heavens can even articulate. So, that perhaps is for another show altogether. But anyway, let's move on to the second question. Boy, uh, we've did some work on this. Um, good question. How long was Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall? So, um, the scripture isn't clear, but it's a good question, and it's a good point. Um, it doesn't seem that it would be a long time through the scripture, because wouldn't they have had babies? You know, they would have a lot of children. Um, otherwise, there would be uh, maybe like a million different children, human beings that never sinned at all, are still walking around up there. I mean, we don't have it. Scriptural evidence of that, but you know, what <laughs> if those are angels? Yeah, but 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 Adam and Eve, uh, since we have no indication that that happened in the scripture, in the scripture, okay, then, let's, let's then, define then, then the then the yeah, let's define that. So we say we're referring to the Protestant canon, which is this one of the simplest canons there are 66, 66 books, and um. So the, it doesn't really tell you in there, um, but uh, but from what we can articulate in there, in my opinion, is that it was not very long because uh, they did not produce a child or a family or anything in there. From what we know of, there's there's no indication for sure that they, that that happened. Well, let's try this. Based on extreme exegesis. You could say that the fall happened about, oh, one year, five months, and on the 26th day of that fifth month. What do you have to say about that? Okay, so this I actually got from the uh, 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 another book, which I have added into my canon. We haven't had it come up with a name for the canon yet, but it, it, it pertains 99 books. And um, this book is called uh, The Book of Jubilees. A uh, good number of you may already know of this book. Okay, so um, in Jubilees uh, chapter 3, verse 17, after the completion of the seven years, which he had completed there, seven years exactly, and in the second month on the 17th day of the month. Okay, so seven. Uh, so I have talked about this before on other shows that we have 
um, that in that time period, months, years were a lot shorter. Which in what we're really saying is the sun would traveled around the uh, the Earth traveled around the sun five times faster. Five times faster. And so that would make your year seventy three days long instead of the three hundred and sixty five, and your months only a week long, really. So you would have a complete lunar cycle in one week. So we're told that in here um, that in antediluvian uh, times, there were seven years on the... Uh, okay, so uh, seven years they were there on the eighth year, on the second month, on the mm -hmm. 17th day. Okay, so I'm just going to correct that into a calculator. So eight years... Uh, so 8 times 365, and then uh, divide that uh, by 5. Okay, so um, so that's 584 days. Okay, the second month, which basically means two weeks. So plus... The second month means two weeks? Yeah, and then in, in antediluvian oh, time. That's right, transferring it into the fifth power. Okay. Um, so, um, so that's fourteen days. So plus fourteen equals five hundred and ninety-eight days. Okay. And on the seventeenth day. So seventeen more days. Six. So that. So exactly, they would have been in the garden six hundred and fifteen days. Um. If you want to put that into years again, not much, right? Not much more than a year. But uh, the direct transference is on the twenty-sixth day of the fifth month in the first year. Yeah. So you have, yeah. So, boy, uh, that's really qualifying. That, but by, by the way, give us an update on Jubilees. Have you tr have you trans? Have you uh, keyed that to Strong's yet? This chapter you're looking at, chapter 3 and verse 17. Um, I think I'm still working on that chapter, but I think I might have finished that one. All right. So, wow. Anything else to add on that? Uh, nope. But it, this one was, uh, the question was worded, were they there millions of years? And which which um, leads to the third question that we have written down. Right, which the third time is a charm, ladies and gentlemen. Does the order of creation, i.e. fish, birds, mammals, humans, does it follow the creation steps, the steps of... Uh, yeah, or, or, yeah, are we saying... No, let's, let's put it in some better words. Is this standing for our day-age evolution? Does Genesis chapter 1 um, refer to not six actual days, but uh, time periods? Now, I've done a study on this myself before, and uh, this is why it's a good uh, question. Um, there are six Actually, in um, among the old Earthers, um, there are s uh, those who stand on carbon dating. Say there are six epochs: the Cenozoic, Mesozoic, Paleozoic, uh, Neoprotozoic, 
uh, Mesoproterozoic and Paleoproterozoic. Um, and those are the three biggest, you know, periods or epochs of time throughout, you know, since the Big Bang or whatever. So they're saying that this is that that, that instead of uh, days, it's an epoch. Okay, so so let's play with that. You know, um, so um, what what does uh, evolution say? What was the first? The, they say the very first creature ever was 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 a uh, of course a uh, single celled organism. Right. Well, I mean, l let's cut to the chase. It says it was basically fish. Now it says that it was jawless fish, and then cartilage fish, and then bony fish. But but anyway, it says fish. Okay, that's what evolution say was the very first thing. That thing was fish. Can we line that up with the book of Genesis? We certainly can. So actually, I want you to pull up the translation from the Septuagint. Okay, flip it over there right there. Verse 9. Then God said, let the water which is below the heaven be gathered into one receptacle and let dry land appear. And it was so. And it was uh, the waters which were below heaven were gathered into their several collections and the dry land appeared. And God called the dry land earth. And the collections of the waters he called sea, and God said that it was good. And God said, let the earth produce the grassy plant uh, with sowing seed according after its kind and according to its likeness, and let the fruit-bearing tree together with the fruit, the seed which is in it according to its kind upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth indeed produced grassy plant with sowing seed according to the kind and according to likeness. And the fruit tree together with the fruit, the seed which is in it, according to its kind, and the earth. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And then we're then we're told about the luminaries. Then we're told about the luminaries. Uh, so that's that's day four. So let's skip to the next the, the next day. Um, day four is when we are told about the creation of uh, the first animals. God indeed made the great sea monsters and every species of moving animals which the waters produced according to their kinds, and every winged creature according to kind. And God saw that it was good. Okay, so the sea monsters. Um, in Greek, it says cetus. In uh, Hebrew, it says tenin. Uh, Tenin refers to a dragon. That's the Hebrew word for dragon. But Cetus in Greek refers to more of a sea type dragon. Right. And in, in, and in Greek mythology, it, it's, it seems to be more like a, a Cetus seemed to be more like a serpent, serpentine type creature. Yeah. Um, sounds to me like a plesiosaurus or something. Right. Uh, could be, could be talking about a broad kind like a broad perspective of different uh the all the marine dinosaurs i couldn't you couldn't say dinosaurs because dinosaur only refers to the land giant reptiles right but the the marine giant marine reptiles like the like the mosasaur which you see in jurassic park or the uh the plesiosaurus so they um so it's talking about you know you've got the the big uh sea dinosaurs and then it says every 
every species of moving animals, which the uh, water waters produce after their kind. So in, in the Greek, it, it says, uh, uh, um, it says hepta, which the hepton, which literally means reptiles. Now, so the crawling creatures here in this sense is actually talking about reptiles. Um, so this goes, uh, uh, so, so we're told about the fish, there's fish, there's giant sea reptiles, and then there's just the reptiles like the sea turtles and stuff like that. And then after that, it says every winged creature after their kind. Okay. Then we move on to the last day, day six. Now, now wait a minute. On the fifth day, then God said, let the earth produce animal life according to their kind. Four-footed beasts and reptiles and wild beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God indeed made the wild beasts of the earth after their kind and the cattle according to their kind. And all the reptiles of the, of the earth according to their kind, and God saw that they were good. And then the Lord said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fishes of the sea. Okay, so that being stated, when we go back to the evolutionary stages, it's fish, it's amphibians, reptiles, then birds, then mammals. Yeah, and it seems to follow the same orders. So that and does, that, in fact, follow the same order. And then evolution also says that um, that that humans are the most highly evolved creature um, because, of course, we have sentience. We're the only right. creature on the entire planet that has sentience. Um, and so um, we have that. The, the, it lines up with that. And it also... Um, the, 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 the six epochs lines up with the six days. Right. Um, so, so when God was creating, was he literally just, you know, sit, sitting back and, you know, kind of supernaturally changing things or causing them to mutate here and there and evolve over so, millions of years. And So let us be clear. Okay, let's be clear. The evolution has stages. Let me explain that for you. The mammals came from fish. Do you understand that? This is the major difference here. You see, they're trying to deceive you, and you'll take note. They base this off the Bible. It's a corruption. It is a pollution. It is a defilement of God's word. They're saying that man is in this single stage. You understand yeah, and 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 like, uh, not only not only do we have the, but I, I, we didn't really complete the chain. Like I said, I, I, I we had the jawless fish thing. The, the as the first one, actually, the very first they say is a single celled organism, may, like that came bacteria or something like that, which lines up with day three. We're we're talking about the seeds bearing their kind, and you know right. plants, and so yeah, it does seem to line up with that, and. But I want you all to realize something that this is based all the this timeline is based on two things. The first thing is 
the assumption that carbon dating is accurate. The second assumption, the second problem is the assumption that that's, that this is the exact order that things went through. There are a lot of assumptions made with evolution and you, you all, yes, um, you can take a rock and it can tell you that it was a million years old, but it can also tell you it was a thousand years old. Right. Because carbon dating is, is ridiculously un, uh, unreliable. It, unreliable. It's a joke. It's a well, farce. The, the problem is this, okay? If you take a rock that's um, maybe 10 years old, the carbon dating may be more reliable, but there are things that affect the carbon dating. Like water. Uh, water, you you have fluctuate. <laughs> they'll they'll admit the, to you that 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 atmosphere and weather conditions can right. can change that by and, like a trillion and years. The, and then and not only that, also it they they say that um that a casual that a cataclysmic event can cause that. I mean, Christians believe in the flood, but even they believe that the Earth was hit by a massive asteroid multiple times. Well. Basically, the Chichilub impact they call the dinosaur kill. So they be, they already believe in other, in massive cataclysmic disasters, which could have clearly affected the the um, uh, carbon dating. Right. So, and then the other thing is just like I said. So that that's the first problem. The per, first problem is the assumption that carbon dating is reliable, and it's not. It's not even close. No, it's it's a farce. It is. The second assumption is that there were jawless fish. Ever found a jawless fish before? And then uh, the, the then the cartilages, the, the bony fish. And then th this is the I've I've heard people mention this before. Like like if humans evolved from monkeys, then why are there still monkeys hanging around? This is the problem. This is the separation. You understand? Look what this this list of stages here is doing. You need to understand that evolutionists say that reptiles came from fish. That is absolutely contradictory to what the Bible says. The Bible literally said, we just read it, fish came from fish. God made fish and he made reptiles and he made birds. They did not evolve. A bird did not at any point in time during the biblical creation did it come from a fish. Not ever. It's not the same tree. Yeah, and you... Um, and, and then an, an, another thing about evolution is, okay, so uh, we Christians all believe in something called microevolution, which can be, we can see, and we can, we can see that a, uh, that is a horse can become a zebra. You can uh, see that a uh, Caucasian person could become, you know, a, a Negroid if they go into the certain weather conditions. You can we've we've seen it happen. Right. We've have evidence that that can happen. But a pig becoming a horse is something mm -hmm. very different because in <laughs> the problem, mm -hmm. like when when I took my creationist biology course when I was younger, they they refer to genetics as the nail in the coffin of evolution. Yes. Because, um, okay, so they say that um, that monkeys are the closest to human beings. They say. Um, they're actually, um, when they say that, uh, I, I forget what percentage they say that they're close to humans, but do you understand how 
even though the the um, DNA is microscopic, there's a lot of different codes inside of it. And if you take off a single part on it, and, and including uh, several million parts on it, like they do whenever they compare it with the monkey, then it's not even the same creature anymore. No. You genetics tells you that it's literally impossible. That's why a human can't mate with a monkey and have a child because the DNA doesn't match up. The DNA has to match up in order for you to bear a child. Right. So because of this, that's, that, that's a huge problem. Also the main one my dad has always told me was if there was a, if there was a human that evolved, there were there, they say it's a male human, there would have to be a female human that evolved at the same time period. In the same location. In the same location by which they could find each other. Yeah. The chances of that are so ridiculously small. It's stupid. It's it's very stupid. Yeah, it's, small. It's, it's insulting your intelligence if you're a mathematician. It's very insulting to insinuate that. That's ridiculously stupid. Yeah. So, so, so really, you can... I mean... It, it, as a day-age evolutionist, you, you you can believe that if you want. I mean, it's not contra. You know, you're you're not like you know damaging to your faith, but it and it's not damaging to your salvation. Unless, but, you're, but you're standing on, but you're trying to stand on now, fallacies. Now, now wait a minute. I'm going to be perfectly clear with you. I don't care how long you're saying that it took, as long as you state that the Bible is true. People were not produced from fish. That's not what the Bible says. And if you say that, you are not a biblicist. Yeah. And I mean, the, you can say that day five took a million years. I'm cool with that. As long as you are stating that this is not what one family tree. No, no, it's not. I don't care how long it took. A biblicist states this. A fish is a family tree, and a reptile is a different family tree that was created on a different day. Yeah, according to its kind. They, so, were, they were made according to their kind, and they, they did not evolve from each other. Yeah, and that's something that really stands out in Scripture. It says, uh, that I actually noticed while you were reading it, that the, that, the, that the trees were made after their kinds and their likeness. And the fruit and, trees. And, and, and the fruit trees after their kind and their likeness. And then you have the, the the fish after their kind and their kind and their kind and their kind. But whose kind are we made after? God's kind. God's kind. So so if you were to say that we came we we came after the kind of fish, you're calling God a fish. Yes. And so so no, we are made after the kind of God. And right. Scripture is quiet, and it makes is very careful to point that out to you. Right. That we are made after that kind. So this is the clear distinction between the two. Even though it's an obvious joke that the evolutionists based their evolutionary stages off Genesis chapter 1. Oh, yes, they did. Yeah. and they, The bad thing is, is when you say that the evolution are correct, that there's only one single tree. Yeah, and it's, it's just, like, like I said, I mean, it's, it's really hard to stand on it with biblical with a biblical perspective, but I don't think it's damning to you to believe that, but I'm just saying that it just seems very 
the stand on that just seems very, you know, the chances of it are very small. It, you know, why would God take a million years when all he could do is just snap his fingers, for one? And right. for two, um, the I, I, I like the fact that you say that uh, the word in Hebrew, yom, can mean day and could mean any period of time, yeah. Right. It's, but it's, but Genesis also was very clear how long it was. There was evening and there was morning. Well, it says evening and it says morning. So it tells you how long they were. It says if 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 you think that it took if it took um, five million years for the Earth to spin around once, that's kind of a stretch. Once again, let's talk about well. To a mathematician, that's very insulting to one's intellect. So what do you think about the, the other interpretation that Genesis chapter 1 and 2 are just poetry? They're not literal. That is the same exact thing that the mouth that does say that Jesus is a myth, it's coming out of the same mouth. But but is but as to say, you know, you know, um, when, when uh, John in his vision he sees a, a seven-headed uh, beast come out of the sea, there's not really going to be a seven-headed beast coming out of the sea in the last days. Really, it's it's just a metaphor. And so they're saying that the whole you know Gen Genesis story or whatever is a metaphor. Why do you believe um, that it's literal? Why why do you, what what in your gut? makes you know for sure that an angel's not involved i don't i don't have to beat around but, the but bush. that but that the Let problem me finish. The, the deal with it is um people is that um the scripture in other times refers to them it being exactly seven days because right. god because in exodus it says on the seventh day you rest because, because that was the day that god rested right. if if um god the day god rests was seven million years in the future, why would he even have to tell you? Well, and that's, that's the issue. Well, the Orthodox Jews in Israel, that it really is what they think. That's why they don't have jobs. And that's why they don't join the military. That being beside the point, this is the case. Okay. What I stated earlier, let me clarify because an angel wasn't involved. Well, how do you know what really because we, we look, do believe when, that look whenever that stuff is said you always have an angel involved that says look I'm going to show you in a vision it never states this was a vision or a dream and no angels were involved but but even I mean you could argue that that yeah this was Moses on a mountain you know talking to God but I mean you could argue that fact but even still the genealogies strictly use the same ones as Genesis they say right. that the first man right. was Adam Right. The son of God, not the, the son, son of, of an ape, and the son Adam the son the, of a fish. the son of God, and Seth was his son by which we are all descended. Right. And it uses that line specifically. In, it is categorical in its delivery. Yes, it's categorical. And, and it and it uses it as 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 fact. And then also um you have other places in scripture which is firmly believed that the um, that the event was uh, literal. So I, I feel like you're just, it, whenever you try to,
bend it to to your belief that they <laughs> when you're doing it like that, it just seems like you have an agenda behind it. Of if, course, you if do. you have to bend it that much in order for it to to come to your point, that means that you're just you're just bending it out of proportion, right? And you just don't need to do that. Yeah, I and mean, that's not what we do here. So, the, so the Bible didn't say there were millions of years, and it's clear that it was not poetry. And um, I've actually uh, read about it that that the, the he, this is why the Hebrews for you know thousands of years knew that it wasn't poetry because um, Hebrew poetry and Hebrew narrative has a different form. Yes, they have a the letter vav appears more frequently in narrative, so that's why they knew. Genesis was narrative. And another problem is, how come um, you believe that the, the that Jacob and you know Joseph and all of them, all those stories are literal, but the first part of the book isn't? Right. And like, why would you just switch around like that? And it, it, it's just too con- it's just too continual of a look. The only people who try to do that are non-Christians. Well, well misguided sometimes it's just from my perspective there's no reason to try to take the day age evolution point because all of that is a lot of assumption and not a lot of science well <laughs> actually to to uh to stump this for you um they uh did genetic studies on mtdna yeah. that say that there was we're all descended from one woman that's right. They they know that infallibly. And um, by those studies, they also found out that this woman must have existed m- about six thousand years ago. Yeah, you got a problem. With and that. this is what science has to say. Right. Well, science also look just study geology because I'm going to hate to rain on your party. Um, the United States can't be as old as they say it is because you need to check how much sediment is dumped into the Gulf of Mexico every single day by the mighty Mississippi. Okay, they'll come out and laugh at you. Geologists will laugh at you. No, um, the United States can't be that old because literally, if the planet was that old, there wouldn't be no Earth. And I also like wind and soil erosion would have deposited us at the bottom of the ocean. My favorite, my favorite point to make with with um, atheistic evolutionists and other Christians is to say, "Oh, hey, everybody, didn't you know that uh, Charles Darwin wasn't an atheist?" He was actually an agnostic. He 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 just explained that he just believed that everybody came from the from one organism. Um, whether or not that's true, he never even went to he 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 deliberately never talked about God. He he whenever people approached him about it, he would never say anything about it. He wouldn't take a stance. So he never explained what the first creature was. And but the atheists of the time, they're so rabidly looking for a way to say God doesn't exist. Right, so they psychotic. said, oh, so you're saying that the Bible isn't true, right? Then then this must be a, a way to say that God doesn't exist. So they just latched on to Darwin's idea and just tried to flow with it. And lo and behold, it still doesn't prove anything, and Darwin knew it. Right. Well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, wow. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, just uh, search for Matthew Miller 49 you will find us uh, the main website is according to the scripture.wordpress.com you of course can get 
uh, all of these audios. Uh, they're put up on YouTube, but uh, the mainstay, of course, is the Fringe Radio Network. Dot com. I also would like to make a shout out to where I actually learned a lot of the things that I mentioned about evolution and the um, the young earth uh, evidence and everything. It's from uh, a, a YouTube account called uh, Genesis Apologetics. They have they're phenomenal in going in, into the scientific data and onto all of that proving that the uh, the that the a that the Bible is true and that um, just refuting all the atheistic and other uh, skeptic points of view on there. Just go into there, and they're pretty hardcore science. They have um, they use actual scientific sources, which you can look into yourself. So um, I really encourage you to look at that. If any of you are still pondering what you believe, they even uh, really actually before before I listened to them, I disbelieved the Bible out of faith. Um, I, I said uh, this is where my faith is. I mean. I don't need proof. I, I, I'll just believe it because I have faith. But through them, I actually began to know that the Bible was true by the evidence that they showed in, inside there. And so if any of you are struggling with doubt, I would also encourage you to go check them out. Well, as for me, uh, no, I'm still running with the faith. That's that's why I believe the Bible, because of faith. Mm -hmm. I don't. And that was the greatest th fact about for me is that I just had faith. Yeah. It's true. I just believe it's true. And then after that step of faith, God, God showed it. it to me. God proves it to you. I mean, we haven't even discussed the alphanumerics. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I've taught, I've, I've told um, people before I, I came to that point in my life, I had always told them, um, if you are rational, if you if, if um, can actually think for yourself, God has to exist logically. Right, but uh, I but I said it's up to faith for you to know which God is true. But now that I know what I know about the the evidence to the Bible, I know that it has to be the God of the Bible. So you grew up from just believing what I said. Yeah, you, cool. it starts with a step of faith. Cool. Um, you you can't start with with with, with proof. You can't. I mean, this is, and this is why there's no point in having an argument with an atheist about evidence for God. I, I told you that. You're time. not. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he always told me that. But there, there's no point for you to argue to an atheist to convert them, because the step first is faith, and they already have a faith of their own. Yep, they certainly do. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, until next time. God bless and Godspeed indeed. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.